from KPBS in San Diego. We're on the border today on The World. I'm Marco Werman. All this hour, we're focusing on the U.S.-Mexico border, and we meet a couple of Border Patrol agents on the lookout for smugglers. It's a constant battle. The smugglers are going to try to come across and cut a hole in its fence because they can't climb it, or it's harder to climb than to try to cut a hole through it. Also, new arrivals to the border region bring different eating habits to one San Diego school cafeteria. I would eat the chicken, and my body would have a reaction to it uh, mentally because what my body is consuming is not halal. Plus, the new cultural face of Tijuana, foodies, galleries, and live music. Right now, I think it's a great moment to be in Tijuana. That's all coming up in a special Global Nation edition of The World. Thank you for being with us on this special Global Nation edition of the show. As I said, I'm in San Diego today looking south at the U.S.-Mexican border. I've got the world's Global Nation editor, Monica Campbell, with me. And we'll be telling these stories for the next hour today, Monica. It's an hour we're devoting to life along the border, specifically this border, about a 20-minute car ride away from where we're speaking. This much-talked-about dividing line between two countries, the U.S. and Mexico. Yeah, when we talk about Global Nation, there's no better place to be than right here at the U.S.-Mexico border with California and Tijuana. And this week, we spent time crossing the border like so many people do here. And we've also been on the other side where people are facing huge challenges when it comes to coming into the United States, staying in the United States. And we'll be talking about these stories today on The World. Yeah, we were at the border just the other day, the busiest border crossing in the world, we were told, 300,000 people per day. That's extraordinary. Right. You experienced what a lot of people here experience every day, which is coming from Mexico back into the United States or vice versa and waiting up to three hours to make that border crossing by foot. This is something people are used to doing every day in this part of the world, but I don't think that your average American even knows that this happens. I had no patience for it. Right. Well, you did dig into some churros on the way. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> We've also got stories of the culture along the border, art and architecture, food and music today, uh, that flow from this dividing line between the U.S. And, and Mexico and the kind of natural cross-pollination that happens along any frontier. And Marco, you also met Mexicans who fought in the U.S. military, several deployed to wars abroad, and they were deported, and we met them in Mexico, and we're going to hear about their cases, uh, their attempts to try and enter the United States and become citizens here. That's coming up in the second half of the show, but let's start things off at that border. Some people call it a wall, but just to be clear, here it is a big steel fence. No matter what you call it, though, this structure is the physical barrier that runs for long stretches of the approximately 2,000-mile border between the U.S. and Mexico. It's become a symbol of many things, as we know, a symbol of immigration, a symbol of the rhetoric to stop immigrants from coming here, and it's also symbolic of the absence of any meaningful immigration reform right now. Instead of symbolism, though, we wanted to see it up close. So, Monica, you arranged for us to take a drive along the border, on the border, in That's fact, right. uh, with two veteran agents for the U.S. Border Patrol. I'm Senior Patrol Agent Lee Bahar, and I've been with the United States Border Patrol, and this will be my 28th year. I'm uh, Supervisory Border Patrol Agent Daryl Reed, and I've uh, been with the Border Patrol for uh, about 23 and a half years. And is it correct to say that you're among the most veteran Border Patrol agents in this part of California? Yes, and the Border Patrol as a whole. Okay, Monica, before we go any further, d describe this fence. Well, it's 15 feet high, concertina wire all along the top, 
and it would be tough for anybody to scale. But as we saw, there are attempts. It's a constant battle that um, the smugglers are going to try to come across and cut a hole in its fence because they can't climb it, or it's harder to climb than to try to cut a hole through it. So, what, do, what do people use to cut this fence? Because this is a steel mesh, right? Uh, they can get that type of uh, equipment to cut this fence in, in a Home Depot in Mexico. They're going to come and try to do this as, as, real, as quick as possible because they got to get through. So they're going to come across, uh, uh, punch the hole through it, and then start to cut and try to get do as quick as they can. And you can see there's several times places that they've made that attempt to try to get to that fence. Agents Bihar and Reed also told us about one of the more publicized challenges they deal with, the smuggling tunnels. You remember, Monica, that's when Agent Bihar pointed across a fence to Mexico to show us where one tunnel, probably, I don't know, 400 yards long, began. You see a yellow building, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, how many yards is that? It started right there, and then they dug...